sometimes um, when when people say, "Oh, you always talk about the love of God, and you're making God out to be so nice," you know, and you you don't know about discipline and this and that and the other, and, and then I say, "You have no idea." <laughs> you know? I, I did the whole thing. And my my parents were seriously considering putting me into psychiatric care because I was such a religious seller, or my stepmother and my my father, you oh. know, because I would go out in the middle of the night, it storming and raining up on the mountain where we lived, and and pray uh, because I thought I needed to do that and fast and lose so much weight and stuff. And um, so I've done the whole thing, yeah. probably more than everybody else, uh, anybody else. But uh, so when people say to me, oh, you know, you, you just think God's so nice. And says, you have no idea. You know? And it's, it's like you said, in the end, it comes probably back to the whole story with the two trees again. You know, if your identity is in being right, because what I tried to do when I was such a religious seller, it was, and you saw you see that in Paul before his conversion, is that you see, um, it's all about being right. Because when I'm right, I'm safe from yes. God. Yeah, that shows we're still not loved. We, do, we still don't feel loved. Because when you're loved, it, like my children, they know they can mess up. You know, and I might even have. Uh, an argument with them and I would tell them off, you know, but they always know they will never be abandoned and I will never kick them out of the house because of it or, um, or it doesn't mean I think they're not worth loving or anything like that. Yeah. But by showing that we need to be right, it actually is a sign that we're still not safe from God. And we take this thing from Hebrews, you know, God disciplines those he loves and we yeah. translate that as God punishes. Yeah. Discipline is about training and teaching. Yeah. You know, correcting. You know, so oh, yeah. it's like, uh, and we still somehow this idea of correcting as as being like strict and harsh. When all it is is like, no, no, let me show you how, the right way to turn that. That's yeah. discipline, yeah. because yeah. you've taught someone yeah. and you're training them yeah. how to do something. Yeah, but we but we've translated it as punishment and anger and you know because well because our own parents spanked us or slapped us or yeah. beat us. Yeah, that they take the, the scripture and spare the rod and spoil the child. Yeah. Which which I think is a command. Spare the rod and spoil the child. <laughs> but, yeah. no, uh, it's interesting. I was reading a child psychologist and, and he was yeah. you know um it's impossible to spoil a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love is. that. It's impossible to spoil a baby. Yeah. I, I just I love that perspective yeah you know whereas it seems almost like the christianity that i i, I knew and grew up in and developed in was the exact opposite yeah you know um don't be nice to anybody because you might spoil them <laughs> yeah now that's an exaggeration but but sometimes it felt that way you know I did. There, there comes this whole thing about it. Oh, if you've, I mean, I don't know if you've got that in the UK, but in Germany, a lot of the, among the Pentecostal churches, there was this idea. Well, if you want to do anything in the church, you first need to clean the toilets for six months. Okay. Then you don't need to clean the, clean the toilet anymore because then you're uh, advanced. And I always thought, well, if you're the servant of all, you know, if you want to serve people, you will still clean the toilet if, if you're preaching or not. That it's not like a batch here and now you yeah. can preach because you cleaned the toilet. Now but you graduated. Also, <laughs> yeah, but it's also this idea of um, um, we need to put you in your place and just look that you don't get too big for your boots kind of thing, you know. And this whole thing, we can't allow people to feel too good about themselves. The problem is if you feel bad about yourself, you will treat other people badly. Yeah. 
the love of God makes us feel good about ourselves. Yeah. But it makes us also feel good about other people. Yes, that that's something I've noticed that as for all the Christian disciplines I tried, you know, I tried to be good, I tried to be kind, I fasted, I prayed like yourself, you know, I knocked on doors with gospel tracts and all of that. So I was out in the streets preaching and doing all of that to try and be the Christian I thought God wanted me to be. Yes. But I still had an attitude to people. <laughs> yeah. and, what and what I'm finding in this revelation over the last 15 years yeah. is that people have become much nicer. Yeah. Before, <laughs> yeah, before, be that before that, they were terrible. People yeah. were just horrible. But now I'm finding that they're changing and they're becoming much nicer. <laughs> yeah. Before but, that, these idiots just wouldn't listen, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Now I realize it was this idiot who wasn't listening. <laughs> I mean, I, I sometimes tell the story when, when we do schools together in conferences um, that um, how I was once in Cambridge with my wife and there was a street preacher and he was ranting and raving, you know, and we just went, oh, that must be really hard as a Christian to stand here and preach, you know. I mean, I really felt for the guy, even though he was like fire and brimstone. I think he was Lazarus and the rich man, something like totally misapplying it. But... Um, so we just smiled at him, you know, it's like how you give somebody a smile, you know, and, and he turned to us and shouted at that, now you're smiling, but then you will see. He, did, he couldn't even see that we were Christians, you know, and basically what this guy was saying was that I'm here, I'm doing this thing, I'm running the program, and I'm feeling miserable, and somebody has to pay for it, and it's better not be me. That's what he was basically saying. Wow. You know, he was unhappy and he was standing there, everyone thinking, what a, what, what a jerk to spoiling our time, you know, um, wasting our time here with us going shopping, preaching this hellfire and brimstone. And, and I'm doing it and you seem happy and I'm miserable. Something's wrong. <laughs> and my heart just went out for him that he, could, he couldn't even see somebody smiling at him. He couldn't yeah. even see the kindness. It's, it's like that even because coming into this revelation people do misunderstand you know i've yeah. had conversations with people where i'm i'm saying like you know god didn't punish the man and woman in the garden when he put them out it was an act yeah. of kindness and love yeah. to spare them from a eternal um yeah. ruination yeah but and they're coming back at me saying no that's not right god is a just God. God is a God of wrath. He punishes sin. He punishes the sinner. And it's like, yeah, but sin was punished on the cross. Yeah. There is no more punishment <laughs> if yeah. there ever was any in the first place. Yeah. But I find that I don't get angry with people the way I would yeah. have in the past because I'm right and they're not. It's just yeah. like, you know what? I was there once. That's it's where I stood fun. once. Um, yeah. And that's where I nailed my colours to. And so yeah. I get it. You know, and I don't need to argue. I don't need to get into a whole big you're wrong, I'm right kind of thing. It's just like, okay, yeah, yeah. that's where you're at. This is where yeah. I'm at. Can we just agree that we're in different places? Yeah. Instead of me being a heretic or you being a Pharisee or, you know. Yeah. Um, and I find love is doing that in me without me having to make the effort. I need to be nice to this person, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly, that's, that's, that's a big thing, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I mean, that, that's another trap you can fall into when you come into this revelation that you think now you need to try and be loving no, to everyone, you know. <laughs> and that, that's a trap I fell into, you know, because I know uh, that I can be very self-righteous. I can be very angry. Um, I'm somebody who finds it very hard to, um, to uh, step back, you know, <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and then for a while I went overboard. Mm. You know, where, where I let people get off the hook and we're just trying to be nice and stuff yes. like that. And it's, it's not, also, and it's not love, is it? It's, it's just human niceness. Yes, yes. And, and, then you, and, and even in ministry, you know, you can get then into trouble with um, people taking advantage of you and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. But to actually come, I love it when you, you, you talk about it so wonderfully about when love comes to rest in you. Mm. you know and you come to rest in love and um, yeah. then it's okay then then um you can even yeah you learn to say no and um yeah and um and i like what stephen hill when he talks about how we create a shape for life to flow through and our no enables us to do that our no gives us the shape and the form <clears throat> and your no doesn't leave you feeling guilty yes about saying no yeah 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 yeah, it's something I'm still learning, to be honest. Um, this is the thing I think, Florian, I've realized in this revelation. When I first came into this love revelation, I thought I'd arrived. That was, <laughs> that, that was the mistake yeah. I made. I thought yeah. I've got it now. And, but actually, this is a lifelong journey yeah. of learning grace, of learning love, of not just learning to be loved, but like you say, allowing love to find a place in me where it can live and dwell. Yeah. The overflow of love creates something around me and the people yes. in my life, you know, um, and I realize I haven't arrived and I, I never will until Jesus comes back yeah. Yeah. Or, and, or until he, he takes me to be with him, you know. And, and, and the thing is, I, I've even uh, experienced it and, uh, and, um, and other people have experienced it, I know, who they thought they were in a really bad place, they felt rude and so on and felt like really short with people and stuff and afterwards people said i feel so loved by you you know you're such a loving person and it's like that was definitely not me you know <laughs> um, so uh, i don't know what you saw but <laughs> yeah. um, or, or i don't know what kind of other horrible people you usually associate with but uh, um uh, you know it, it's really funny when you when you when you say you make space for his love you know mm. even sometimes say when, when somebody comes and, and they want time for, from you and you don't want to give the time, you don't, you don't have the energy or something, I sometimes just say, oh, Father, you know, I don't want to talk to this person right now. I, I, I can't stand this now. And I'm not in the place mentally. If you want to do anything in their life through me, you need to do that, you know. And, and, yeah. yeah. You said that when you were young, you know, in your teens, yeah. You get into the whole revivalism and prophetic, and where are you with that stuff now? <laughs> um, well, um, at the moment, um, I'm um, I'm feeling quite a bit disappointed about what's going on in the name of the prophetic or the mainstream prophetic. I mean, they're all prophetic people who I I know I, I trust, and um, but they don't make a big thing about it. You know, they don't go around put it on their business yeah. card or whatever and um and um that they, they sometimes don't even call it that you know um 
so but and they are sometimes very accurate you know i mean i i know guys and i've known from my own life um, um the, the the guy we know charles lagley he would go and um, I know a story of him where uh, at dinner he he just talked to the waitress and he told her she's writing this and that song. He gave her the details of the song that she's struggling with the last verse, da da da, da and he started the conversation. And that's how, you know. And and you've experienced that. I've experienced that, you know. And 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 there's the same thing. Sometimes you prophesy to a person, and um, and you, and they go like, "Oh my gosh, how did you know that?" And he's like, "What? That, that made any sense to you? It didn't make any sense no, to me." <laughs> but. What I see this whole politicizing with prophecy and um, using prophecy to manipulate, not, not only in the, in the public space right now, like we see in the American election, where people have been using prophecy to threaten judgment on people and all this kind of stuff, and claiming a track record that most of them honestly don't have when you actually follow up the facts. Yeah. And is that, um, and um, that wouldn't even matter if it's abusive it's abusive, you know, no matter what track record they have, you know, because, you know, then it's just yeah. fortune telling, it's not prophecy, because prophecy is unveiling the heart of God and to a person. And, but um, also in churches, you know, I've seen prophecy used to manipulate, and, you know, yes. in, the, in the old days, I mean, we all know that, you know, past the prophesies, you need to marry that person and all that kind of stuff. That's obviously our extremes, but, um, I've experienced that, and um, um, yeah, lately I've been finding my out, myself speaking out a lot about that, which is not very me usually. I try to avoid controversy, but um, but somehow uh, it finds you. <laughs> it, it finds me somehow, you know, and um, um, I only really write, or I only started writing, also on social media when I just feel I have to. Yeah. And it's not something like, um, it's like, oh, I need to write so people can read my stuff or something like that. And, 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 and I, um, it's something I learned from James Jordan is also, I don't need to have an opinion about everything. So, <laughs> and, but, um, so when I feel this urge to write, then I do. And lately I've been writing a little bit about that, especially on social media and, and, and the article that you read for the clarion journal um to um because that 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 but that came yeah. out of stuff that people were sending you in germany wasn't it yeah people were sending not, me. it didn't come out of the american election that came out no. of yes the emails you were receiving from german people yeah i even had of course as my uh, working with young people um young adults and youth um i had during this 2016 election um, a lot of my kids, uh, it's an English speaking church, they go to an international school and um, they were being sent videos like that and they were not American and, and they were being said, if you don't support Trump, you know, you, God's judgment, all this kind of stuff. And I said, why do they tell you that? You're not even American, you can't even vote, you know, and you are 16 years old, you couldn't vote anyway. So wh why are these people, are, you know, why, why are you fellow students getting up in arms about stuff like that so and they sent me the videos i looked at them and then i did it i did a session on it you know with them you know we did like a like a retreat thing where we talked about it you know well what is that actually listening to god because i was taking them through for a year of learning to listen for themselves seeing for themselves sensing for themselves whatever is how they experience god the best and all in the context of 
father's heart and um and um so and I noticed it was a total strange concept for them what these people were doing with sending these videos and so on. And and that's what happened recently that people sent me also these videos and um, and um, where was and um, and especially this threatening the threatening stuff. Well, that that's the thing that that disturbed yeah. me when I saw some of the prophecies coming out, yeah. saying like you know if you don't do what I'm yeah. telling you, basically. God will withdraw anointing from you and all of this kind of stuff and you'll lose your ministry and I just thought that's not God that doesn't sound godly and the, and the thing was also that um, that this one guy who was one two days before the present election our current election he 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 wrote uh, two things that shocked me was that um, he wrote a couple of days later because this stuff had made around and uh, he, he's, he just took the scripture where it talks about, you know, when Jesus was crucified, when it says at Psalm 2, you know, and the nation stand up against the Lord and his anointed one. He took that scripture and applied it to, to the current president and, and he's the Lord's anointed. And I thought, wow, that's really bad. You know, I mean, that's, you know, the word antichrist means instead of, not just against. And, and, these people really need to watch it, what they're doing there. And then he wrote, if, if the election doesn't turn the way like they want it, people should take up weapons and march to Washington. I saw that. Yeah, that was yeah. So And this is insane. And, um, and yeah, Je- and, you know, Jesus is the one that said, Peter, put down your sword. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and Jesus said, you know, if, 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 if I would need someone to fight for me, I could call... 12 legions of angels is it you know but somehow we think we need to help god out and i mean that sounds not probably very harsh but sorry um this kind of attitude is the same like isis or something like that yeah yeah doesn't doesn't go our way you don't worship the god we want to you revolt we we revolt and kill you and um and some and then what really is difficult for me also to see is this doubling down now on the prophecies and saying you're all wrong. So there wasn't, yeah. Well, to take the American election, for example, yeah. regardless yeah. of which side you're on, you know, some yeah. people prophesied a landslide for Biden, some yeah. people prophesied a landslide for Trump. But the fact is that neither of them had a landslide. Yeah. So, so now they're doubling down and saying, yeah, but, but God is going to change it. Yeah. And it's just, I, I, I've even seen someone say, you got it wrong. Exactly. I've even seen someone who said a landslide in the spiritual is not the same as in the physical. It's like, yeah. so you use all meaning of words, you know, and, um, and, and, and communication. You can say anything. Because you got it wrong doesn't mean you're a false prophet. That's not what I'm calling no. people. I'm not saying no. false prophets. I'm just saying, can you not admit that on occasion you got it wrong? No. The thing is, not admitting and twisting the narrative, that might make you a false prophet. Yes. yes. That's a danger. Yeah, and and um, I don't mind people getting it wrong, you know. And I sometimes just wish that people wouldn't go up about we are the prophets, we are this, we are that, you know. Fully knowing there are people out there who are prophetic out there who don't make such a big hoo ha about but, it. But the thing, the, the problem I've got, Florian, is you know Paul de- clearly says that the utterances of prophets should be weighed by other prophets. Yeah, but but when other prophets speak they're shouted down because they don't have the big public profile. Yeah. 
you know, when if they weigh it up and say, you know, that doesn't feel like the Lord to me, then they're no, shut down. They're, they're, the fingers pointed at them and they're told that they they have a lying spirit or whatever, you know. Yeah. I mean, I remember in the 90s, prophecies <laughs> in, in the UK, you know, about, you know, come 1991, there will, there will be worldwide revival all over and all over the United Kingdom. Will, and it never happened. It didn't happen. And it, again, instead of saying we got it wrong, they doubled down and said, yeah, but it happened in the spirit. Yeah. But yeah. So what, you're just saying we're pagans who can't see in the spirit? You know, yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. And it's building this hierarchy, and that's what I have a problem oh, with. Yeah. It's building this hierarchy and this elitism where then those who are in the in circle they just prophesy among themselves, clap each other on the shoulder, and they and actually what the danger is that the voice of the father, the voice of Jesus, is being people shutting down and 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 uh, in the church. And we had, oh, in the recent uh, decades, we had the voice of Jesus restored to the church, listening to him for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And these guys basically saying, no, if you don't listen to me, you're not listening to God. Then the people start questioning their own ability, basically not walking out their sonship, but uh, listening to all these guys. And when they get it wrong, they're not even admitting it and not admitting that they, like everybody else, trying to figure things out. Like they're pretending they're closer to God than everybody else. And the thing is, even the Old Testament prophets said, you know, that they didn't know Jesus and everything else, but, yeah. but they prophesied that in that day, yeah. people will hear God for themselves. They'll no longer need their neighbor to say to them, this is what God is saying to you. Exactly. Because they'll hear him for themselves because he'll be indwelling them. Yes. You know, th- that they prophesied that. Yeah, yeah, they prophesied that. But we're trying to take that away from people with... Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, I believe in the prophetic. I believe that oh, it... Oh, yes. Uh, and there is a, a genuine ministry of the prophetic, but yeah. it's almost like it's being used to take away from people their their ability and their right to hear God for themselves. And that's where you will actually, a mature and, uh, and a real prophet, they will always lead you to the Father. That's yeah. what Jesus did. They will always lead you into your own relationship with him. They will not make you dependent on themselves. If somebody makes you dependent on themselves, turn around and run away because they are not mature enough yet. They might even have a genuine gift, these people, you know, but they're immature. And just yeah. because they got a platform and a good website doesn't, and have, have the ear of certain people does not mean that actually they're mature in the gifts or in, 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 even in the character. And especially if they speak out threats, I mean, that comes back to the whole being right or being love thing. You know, if, if you prophesy something and it doesn't come to pass, just go and say that was wrong, you know. But, but for me, again, it falls back to our understanding of who God is. Yeah. Does God really threaten people? Do this or else? I no. don't think he does. I don't believe that he does that. You know, no. And the way people have, have interpreted it, you know, because it says to Jonah, you know, like, go to Nineveh and stop me from destroying it. Well, no, he, he's warning them that destruction will come upon them because of the way they're living, not that yeah. he's going to execute destruction on them. No. You know? And I think today when we point the finger and say, God says, if you don't do this, he will remove this and he will do that to you. And I don't believe that's the voice of God. You know? No. Usually those, those people I encounter in my personal life who do that, they've got a lot of stuff going on in the background you don't want to know about. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, for me, 
what little I've learned of the prophetic in my own life is that yeah. you prophesy out of what's in your heart. Yeah. And so if I have an idol of, you know, I don't know, I desire to be a millionaire, then yeah. I will prophesy along those lines because that's the idol I've put in my heart. You know, if, yeah. if the idol in my heart is to put up a president who uh, claims Christianity as his own religion, mm-hmm. and I will prophesy yeah. in favor of that person because that's the idol I've put in my heart. Yes. You know, I think if we put the angry God yeah. in front of our eyes, then we'll prophesy through that vision of the yeah. angry God. You know? um, so I think we need to be very careful about our own hearts when in that ministry yeah. because there are people who are vulnerable and who will follow the advice of someone who is yeah. known or calls themselves a prophet. Yeah. And that can be to ruination, to destruction, because what's in the, the heart of the person prophesying? You know? Yeah. Um, and the thing is, that those persons, even they can have a genuine gift, but they will yeah. perceive and interpret what they see and hear through that lens. So I don't even doubt that some of these guys might have really heard. Oh, no, I, I, don't, I don't doubt that many of them have yeah. got genuine prophetic gifting. Not yeah. at all. It's but, just when you have something in your heart that you hold dear and you're clinging desperately to, that will influence how you prophesy. It just disturbs me when people don't allow you to critique or question yeah. the validity of, of some of the things they say or do. Yeah. You know? And I've been there, I've been in that place where I'm so insecure and so broken and I desperately need to be right and approved yeah. that to, for anyone to question me, yeah. And yeah. my beliefs, my, my actions, my whatever. Um, it's, to admit it would be devastating for, for me. And so instead I go on the attack against them. Yeah. Show them that they're wrong. Um, even when they're not. Yeah. That's the scary thing. Um, you know? yeah. And that, that's even the difficult thing about writing something like that or, or speaking out about something like that. You don't want to go now in, in the same spirit and actually say, oh, no, you're wrong, and you're the heretic, and you're this, and you're that. And, um, and it's not about the person. It's about what's happening, and the author standing up for, as you said, the vulnerable, and um, if, if, if you're called to do that. And um, I think, but that's where the divisions always comes in, is it? It's, it's like you're not allowed to question it or critiquing something. And that's where I see with, like, with David, King David, when um, he was called a man after God's own heart, but when he um, got Bathsheba, um, Nathan still came and God spoke through Nathan through him. And a lot of people would say, but God, you know, David was God's anointed and so on. You know, how could Nathan dare and call him out on it? You know, it's like, yeah, well, how did Nathan know? We don't know how he knew, but it's, that's the job of the prophetic as well. And it doesn't matter if, if Trump or Biden or whoever is in the office, the prophetic, if you are called to speak in the political realm, then you're not following a certain party line. Yeah. Then you're speaking out always against injustice, but also bringing hope and alternatives. And um, I think it's interesting you, you bringing Nathan and David. Nathan didn't storm into the palace room and say, you murderous adulterer. No, no, he didn't. No. <laughs> he brought, and he says, David, I need you to judge in this situation. And then David says, you know, this is my judgment. Then yeah. David says, King, you're that man. 
And I don't think he shouted, pointed his fingers. He said, I, I think he just said, King David, you're that man. Yeah, you exactly. But and you, you know, and and David recognized the Lord's voice in it. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like, if you're really prophes, if you really believe you're prophesying from God, then it's up to the person listening. Yeah, see if they recognize the voice of God in what you're saying or not. Yeah. And it's their choice whether to receive what you're prophesying or don't. You, you, threatening them doesn't change that, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think that, that also where terminology is helpful, you know, sometimes better. It, it's a huge difference if you say like, um, yeah, I, I just sense the Lord wants to show, say that to you. I feel the Lord showing me that. Does that mean anything to you? Then to get doth theft the Lord, you know? And doth theft the Lord, they just only did that in the Old Testament because in pagan religion, they were speaking the names of what a God, Doth, Seth, Molech, or whatever. And so that's why the prophets were saying, look, this is what Yahweh is saying. Yeah. And, but we turned that into, Doth, Seth, the Lord, you know, thou shalt. And I think when we, when we attack, when we start off with that, Doth, Seth, the Lord, it's almost like you cannot question me. Yeah. You know, that, that's, yeah. that's almost like what's been said. Now I'm about to prophesy and you cannot question it because this is the Lord speaking. Um, yeah, I'm un it leaves me uncomfortable with that kind of approach. And I think what, what we also need to see is that the prophetic in the New Testament, in the Old Testament as well, but especially in the New Testament, is it's always in the realm of um, community. You know? Yes. It's, it's, it's not, yes, there are itinerant ministers, but there is a responsibility in a relationship. And by actually leaving out by actually uh, building everything on stage, coming away from relationships, creating covering doctrines, and um, yeah, covering and all this kind of stuff, we're actually negating true, real relationships that make these abuses possible. I think, yeah. But I, what I find interesting is you see in the Old Testament the lone prophet of God. Yeah. But, but what we don't understand is God isn't speaking to the community of prophets because very often that community has abandoned the voice of Yahweh yeah. power for riches, for position, for reputation. Yeah. And so God calls out the lone prophet who will not bow to reputation or power or riches. Yes. And, and very often, not only is he speaking to the king, but he's, he's speaking to the, the, the group of prophets and saying, you know, there's a lying spirit in your tongue. That's yeah. scary. Yeah. No, yeah. that is yeah. scary. Yeah, it is, it is scary. And and um, uh, and a lot of these guys died. Is it? I mean, they, a lot of these guys got killed. They did die peacefully yeah. in the bed. And um, and even there, they they lived in a community. You know, it, it, they lived in the nation of Israel, and they lived in a, in a, in a, in a certain people group and um, so even there there was a, an aspect of relationship to it even when you were the lone prophet and i mean if you if you're called to the prophetic ministry there is always this element even when you're in church that you always feel about out of sync with everyone else yeah. you know because yeah. you tell me about it mate <laughs> <laughs> and, and and you sometimes can really hate it you know and then even if you're a pastor that's actually called with prophetic then uh, prophetic ministry it can be even worse because it's like you want to protect and you want to look for the sheep but then again you see stuff that's coming that they don't know yet about 
and sometimes um, and then sometimes they're, they're going through a crisis and they are and, and people are weeping or and you're already rejoicing because you see what this crisis will lead good to you yeah, know you see the other side of it you see the other side of it and um, so I, I get it you know there's this thing but yeah I, I wish that um, I think that's why especially for prophetic people it is important to first of all have their security in the father's love I think that's a huge key mm. um, that you're first of all a son or a daughter you're not you're not first of all your ministry gift and mm. second and second as the image of God that's being conveyed will dramatic uh, dramatically change through that and 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 you will see clearer hear clearer and actually not only see in here but also how you convey it you know the, what you pass on your the prophetic will become a tool to minister the love of the father wow. um, it would the love the substance of the love of the father will mm -hmm. flow with your words and with what you're hearing and seeing and then also i think it's important to be in community because prophets have this problem with you always feel out of sync with everyone they need a lot of love they need a mm -hmm. lot of love and a lot of a lot of support and they need a lot of community because uh -huh. then you become the lone lone ranger otherwise and um that can be destructive not only to the people that you're ministering to it can be destructive to yourself yeah. and, and yeah. i've got a friend who i believe is a prophet not just a prophetic person but i believe he's a prophet yeah. um and i'll probably go and interview him for the podcast in the next couple of weeks but um we we spoke about this when we were younger about the fact that we felt so alone where where are the mature prophets who can mentor us? Yeah. Prophetic. No, I don't consider myself a prophet. I have some prophetic gifting, but I don't think I occupy the office of prophet. Mm. Um, but we we would often speak about that about the lack of prophetic community uh, yeah. here in Scotland, <clears throat> especially where we could be mentored and uh, and so we we kind of have done it the hard way with just trying to walk yeah. with the Lord, you know. Uh, for me, I, I totally agree with you that uh, the revelation of, of the Father's love has helped me enormously in that area where yeah. I don't feel I need to prove that I'm prophetic or anything anymore um, yeah. because I found a foundation to stand yeah. on. Yeah. And the foundation is not prophetic gift and the foundation is love. Yeah. Uh, and that, so that's a whole different thing again. That the, yeah. this love has a substance that you can actually stand upon, and yeah. it becomes your place of firm footing. Yeah. That everything else flows out of, yeah. but everything that flows out of it is not you, <laughs> because you're rooted in love. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. and so and that's you. You're a son or a daughter rooted in love, and whatever flows out of that isn't you. All you are is a conduit for love to flow and do yeah. what love does. You know, whether yeah. that's prophecy, whether it's comforting someone, whether it's doing some grocery shopping for your neighbor. Yeah. You know, they're all acts of love that flow out of those roots, that yeah. foundation, you know. And I think you're right. I think it's very important for prophetically gifted people to find their, their roots in love because mm. there is a lot of loneliness there is a lot of misunderstanding there is a lot of feeling out of sync and out of step and 
feeling of being on the outside. Um, there will be a lot of wounding in the hearts of prophetic people because they've been misunderstood even before they were believers. Yeah. A gift existed in them and they were out of sync then and they were misunderstood yeah. then. And yeah. without that rooting in love, you will continue to, to act out of yeah. a sense of being misunderstood, of being rejected, of, yeah. and that, that just creates pain, you know, yeah. and confusion. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's even as parents, you know, when when you have when you have prophetically gifted kids, it's it's hard to how to navigate that. Mm -hmm. I mean, with, with with our oldest, he he's very much he he goes to places and he sees stuff and senses them where to uh, have to, and then sometimes to say, you know, things adults don't see yeah. and, and feel, and then and then to say, you know, but this is not you, you know. You know, the, the number of kids I've spoken to, Florian, and God's shown me stuff, and, I'm, and I'll say to them, you see things, don't you? And you don't tell anyone. And they're like, you see their eyes going, it's like, so the reason you don't tell anyone is you think that they'll put you away as being mentally ill. Yeah. And they're like, how do you know that? I say, because that's what I was like as a kid. Yeah. I saw things yeah. and I heard things that no one else saw and heard. Yeah. And I never ever told anyone. Yeah. Because I thought... I was mentally ill, yeah. but helping them to understand that God has given them something, and so they need to. It's it's important to find someone they can trust with that gift yeah. they have to yeah. help them understand it, nurture it, uh, grow in it, and and actually just continue to turn to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm seeing things and I'm feeling things and I don't understand them. Help me to understand, yeah. and it's. I don't know how many, probably as many as a dozen kids over the years I've spoken to. Yeah. Um, when I say kids, I mean kind of 11 to 18-year-olds, 17-year-olds, you know, but mainly younger teens. Um, and you see the relief. Yeah. You see their shoulders drop because it's like, I'm not mad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's important. It really is. Yeah, and, and I think that's where, uh, yeah, this revelation of the Father's love is important. Also, knowing that you have your true origin in Him, He's your real Father. You know, the, that because then you know, uh, yeah, we don't need to deal with this stuff only when you decide to become a Christian or join the Christian fold, but. Um, He's already invested all this stuff in you and he wants to relate to you now and what to do about it now, you know, before they even can mentally sort out through all the religious language or whatever, you know, or picked up a Bible or anything and um, prayed a certain prayer or whatever. It's, mm. it's if, if you, you can approach people then from that sense of, yeah, love, yeah, being, being loved and being loved, becoming love to people. Yeah. 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 Wow. It's a, and again, I think it's back to that whole thing that that's a lifelong journey, isn't it? Becoming yeah. love. Yeah. Not just being loved yourself, but becoming love. Yeah. It's almost because we've been so accustomed in Christianity to like snap your fingers yeah. and shazam, you know, kind of like, yeah. God, God's your fairy godmother who gives you three wishes. <laughs> and yeah. like, I want to be loving or I want to be, you know, whatever. Um, 
but actually it's it's a lifelong journey of learning to be loved and allowing love to so captivate us that we start to become love itself. Yes. And I think that's what, you know, when the Bible talks about all creation groans and so on for the unveiling of the children of God. Yeah. Um, and and we, it's, that's one of these examples where you can take wonderful scriptures and you can turn them into, we're going to take over the world and we're going to show everybody and this and here and there. And, um, but if we think about God is love, it's basically saying the unveiling of the children of love, you know, mm. and, um, and, and, and we are, <laughs> it, it, love is God's nature. And as his children, it's our nature. And we are supposed to grow in that nature. You know, we become participants or partakers in the nature of God, like Peter says. Well, Peter says that, doesn't he? We become, uh, we become partakers of the divine nature. Yeah, so, so what the creation is waiting for, all the struggling for, is that, that we come into this acknowledgement of who we are and live, live that out in relationship with our origin, with our yeah. original parent. You know, if you listen to Twitter, Facebook, blogs and podcasts, everyone's talking about the need for love in the world. Oh, yeah. That, that's, that's the buzz just now. You know, it was the buzz around the whole horrible affair with George Floyd. You know, uh, it's the whole thing just now. People are just saying, you know, we need more love in the world. Yeah. And I think that links into that scripture. You're saying, you know, people, are, the, the whole of creation is groaning. And I know people say creation is the trees and the flowers, and, but that's yeah. not true. Because the word creation, the word that's translated creation is the same word used in like Matthew and stuff to speak about unsaved people, if you like. Yeah. So it's speaking about people as well as the physical. Yeah. It includes creation. everything, yeah. Yeah. And so there's this groan and desire for love to be revealed in the earth. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think I love that, the way you put that, Florian, that actually they're waiting for the children of love to come and show them what love yeah. really looks like. I mean, that's what it means, Jesus, Jesus being the firstborn, isn't it? I mean, he brings many br- uh, brothers and sisters into, into glory. And there again, it's about the unveiling of the glory of the children of God. Mm-hmm. And, um, and basically, um, everything Jesus did, I mean, Jesus didn't go around them, you know, I'm the Messiah, I'm there, some prophet, I'm here, I'm there. You know, he, he was going, oh, the things I'm doing, they're not even, it's not even me doing it. It's my father doing it. I'm just doing what he shows me. I'm just doing what he, I'm just saying what he tells me to do. And I think that's, that, that's, that's what, what, what the Christian life is meant to be. We are to be like our father or our parent. If we want to include the mother heart of God in that. But, um, Can you imagine and, being so free of egotism though, that you don't yes. have any, uh, responsibility. You don't claim any, um, fame for yeah. doing amazing things. Yeah. Can you imagine being that humble? And that, free. That free. <laughs> yeah. Of no, I don't need to be acclaimed for the great things I do because yeah. I'm not doing them. It's my father doing them. Yeah. I'm, I'm just having a good time. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just following my father. Yeah. Wow. Um, and th- I think that's where true freedom lies. And that's where I think a lot of us, when we start getting these glimpses of the father's love is that we no longer 
function very well in religious systems is that um, you don't care about the stuff anymore. Yeah. You, know, you don't care about if you're on, 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 the, on the board or if, you, if you've got this title or that title. It's, my kids could care less about what I'm saying or, or, or in this church, you know. Um, and to be honest, I had, uh, as you know, a couple of years ago, I had a bit of a health scare and um, that I didn't know which way it would go. And um, when I came back from the doctor, all I could think about it was like the times I, or we only had Raphael back then, um, the times I went with him snow sliding or whatever you know thinking about oh when uh, well, i would play uh, play with my son or go, go for walk with him hmm. not one sermon i ever preached popped into my head not one prophecy I ever spoken popped in my head it was just relationships that matter when when you actually have to face hmm. your 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 mortality a lot of people they, they will tell you they don't think about a job the career or, or any of that that all that doesn't matter in in the long run but the love that you've received and the love that you've given and what you learned and all of that. Um, wow. That's what really is the important thing and the relationships. And I sometimes have to even say, I'd rather have the relationships, even the friendship we have, you know, I mean, we are friends yeah. apart from ministry, you know, yeah, and we, uh, we always be friends apart from ministry. Then I'll come and visit you just because I want yeah. to see you clear the kids. Well, yeah. actually I want to see the kids more than you and clear, but never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but 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 the ministry is, is sometimes yeah, it's some it's fun. I can I can do it. But it's secondary. It's yeah. the ministry is part of a friendship rather than than our friendship yeah. being part of ministry. Yes, I think that's probably the way to put it. Yeah. Obviously, you will we, you will talk about it sometimes just because the same thing you say something or I say something said. Oh, I never thought about it like that. You know. And, oh. But then we'll also talk about the whiskey when it's opened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or worse. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think yeah. that's something I've learned, Florian. Um, I'd rather have friendship than reputation. Yes. You know, it's, it's funny. I'm doing some therapy just now, and the, the, the therapist said, you know, I want you to write uh, a letter, and I want you to... to and this is a question I'm wanting you to answer. What would you say to your younger self? And I wrote one version that was quite um, dark and heavy and yeah. kind of fatalistic. <laughs> and then after a few weeks, she asked me yeah. to write it again. And I wrote it very, very differently. And one of the things I said in it is, you know, you, to my younger self is, you know, you consider yourself to have failed in life. But that's because mm -hmm. you're measuring success against this world's measures of success and finance and power and reputation and titles. But actually, success isn't measured that way. It's measured in friendships. It's measured in the people's lives you touch. It's measured in the people who admire you and love you. Yeah. Even though they know your failings and faults. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, that's the thing. Um, that's success is found in back to what you were saying about the trinity it's found in family it's found in friendship it's found in community not in deeds and uh reputations yeah and i think love is, has been showing me that and i'm i'm finally starting to understand the lesson <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not saying i've fully learned it i'm beginning yeah. to understand the lesson 
that that's that's where success is. Love, you know, if you want love to lead you in success, it will lead you into relationship and community and friendship yes. and family. I was, I was looking recently at Acts 17 and when Paul, when Paul says, you know, in him we live and move and have our being and we are his offspring, he breaks down the them and us divide. Yeah. You know, he doesn't say, I'm a Jew who is a follower of the way and I live in him and move in him and have my being and you can too if you, if you believe in him. He doesn't do that. He includes them all. There is no division. There is no them and us. It's just like we are all his offspring. We all live and move and have a being in him. I just think when you understand, love is much more inclusive. And people think that sounds really new agey and smooth. But actually, that's the gospel. It is, yeah. Love is inclusive. It's not exclusive. It's not them and us. It never has been. You know? But any final kind of thoughts or words you want to share about walking in Father's love? If not, that's okay. But just if you do. Yeah, just enjoy it, I would say. You know, don't try to immediately do something with it and think, no, yeah, we all fall in this trap. Now I've got it. Let's do something with it. Let's tell everybody else. But one of the things I really learned over the years is learn to enjoy it first for yourself. Mm. And whatever grows out from that, it's wonderful and you're going to enjoy it. And um, yeah. But you will actually find that you might not even be interested in ministry anymore. <laughs> Much. You enjoy other things that you've laid aside over the years, things from your childhood or yeah. old relationships and friendships. You might call up some of your old friends again, that you, childhood friends that you forgot them or whatever. And um, yeah, just lean fully in, I guess. Yeah. And as Paul says, follow the way of love. Follow the way of love, yeah. Exactly. That sums it up quite nicely. Florian, it's been a great joy, mate. Yeah, as always. (laughs) And I love your thought, your thinking. I love how you see things and how you frame things. It's it's always a joy. Thank you. you. Next time I need to bring a glass of whiskey. (laughs) It feels more authentic when we're talking. (laughs) Cheers. <laughs> Cheers.